Let me begin with a word of thanks. We are only as strong as a faith community as we are united in our ministries and representing the larger Unitarian Universalist Association here in the Florida District, I know that it's good congregations with good people like you that make possible the larger work that we set about to do. So I want to sing praises to this congregation for its steadfast good work here in Clearwater and its deep connection to our larger ministries across Florida and the nation. Next February, we will be holding the Southern Unitarian Universalist Leadership Experience. This is one of two annual training events we do for congregational leaders, one usually in Texas, and this one this year will be in Orlando, so I hope some of you might consider participating. It is a very demanding experience, a week-long intensive engagement in congregational leadership. We ground the teaching of this week on five smooth stones after the writings of James Luther Adams. The first stone says revelation is continuous. Emerson said it earlier, the sun shines today also. So ours is a faith in possibility. The second stone of our faith is that relationships are consensual and never coerced. Never coerced. Well, I can tell you the gray hair on my head and face suggests that sometimes our congregations get in little spats with one another and they forget that second part. Never coerced. The third smooth stone says we exist as a faith community to work toward the establishment of a just and loving community. And in this time of incredible polarization, it takes great courage to stand up for the dignity and the right of every single soul and to ensure that our society is balanced in justice. Our fourth stone is stated negatively. We deny, we deny the immaculate conception of virtue. Anything good is the result of human heart and human hands working together. Ours is a faith of responsibility. And then our last, our fifth stone, says, there are resources, human and divine, human and divine, sufficient to help us with these great tasks. And therefore, we have a reason to be ultimately optimistic. Ours is a religion of joy. Possibility, love, courage, responsibility, and joy, the five smooth stones of our faith. I've been thinking about that a great deal over the summer as I've listened to so much pain in our society mindful of so many struggles people's lives have. And I said, you know, we need one more stone. We need one more stone at the center of our faith. We do not have the practice of corporate confession. We do not have confessional booths. And so where does a Unitarian Universalist go 
to admit that they haven't been all that they can be, that perhaps they've done some things that they regret or failed to do the good that they know they should. Where does one go? I said, we need a sixth stone. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. It takes a lifetime to grow a soul and a faith community in which to grow it. And therefore, the sixth stone would say, we need never give up on one another. We can begin anew in love. Well, it was soon thereafter that the uh, Florida District Board and I were in conversation. You may have heard some rumblings that, that uh, we're trying to reshape American Unitarian Universalism. You know, last summer represented the 50th anniversary of our tradition, and it was a very sobering moment for those who have devoted our lives to it to discover that there are as many Unitarian Universalists today as there were 50 years ago, give or take 162,000 registered members. Our religious education program and enrollments are in free fall. It does not take a whole lot of logic to understand that there's a progressive trend here. We are becoming ever more marginalized as a voice in the conversation at the public square. There are fewer and fewer of us compared to everybody else. Now, we can take some comfort that we're not losing out to the other Protestant traditions who have been in free fall longer than we. We've at least held our own in our numbers. The Methodists counted a good year when they only lose 5% of their membership. Where will we be in 30 years? And as with book publishing and newspapers and many other businesses, we've had to take a look at our business model, if you will. There are 25% fewer staff serving our larger association today than there were three years ago. Like everybody else, we've had to pull our, our belt tighter. We've had to shrink our budgets. And we've had to ask creatively challenging questions. How shall we do our work? And so we're in the midst of one of those exploratory moments of creating something called the Southern Region of the Unitarian Universalist Association. When the district board recognized it was about to dismantle its structure of the last 20 years and create something new, we were in this, this pinch point of how do you do something new when you have to carry on what you have been doing all along? I said to them after a day of deliberation, I want you to re revisit our core values and I want you to understand that if we're going to step into the unknown and we do not know how to do this, we're going to have to try a lot of things. And I can guarantee you a lot of those things we're going to try aren't going to work. So we need, first of all, to forgive those people who try things that don't work. But even more importantly, can we lift up can we praise? Can we give gold stars for folks who try things, step into that unknown, and they don't learn to fly, but they fall flat on their face? And I introduced them to a phrase going around the, the Twitter chats these days among us. Expera fail. The very phrase defines itself. What do we mean by expera fail? It means being brave enough, strong enough, courageous enough to take on some new tasks, knowing that the result is not a sure thing. It means reaching out into that unknown 
and trusting that there's things to learn whether you succeed or fail and to own one's participation in that and especially not to let our failures keep us from getting up out of the rough and tumble dirt dust off our coats and try yet again now this may be a simple bromide about you know if at first you don't succeed try try again but this is not American culture we do not treasure innovators we we treasure the folks who keeps things in place and our congregations are little different than the rest of society we do not lift up the people who take chances and try things we do not know how to lift up experifail when the rabbi gets lost in the wood we criticize the rabbi for not taking a compass when a church program doesn't work out the way we hoped, we criticize the people who organize it. When the budget falls flat, the board is faulted for not somehow doing something magical around the canvas. And when you go home on a Sunday after Abby's given one of those sermons, he's like, what was he talking about today? You don't say thank you, you just find fault. How do we treasure the very effort to try things? and not knowing that they're not all going to work out. That's what Experifail is about. Think about your own life. I'll bet the last time you wanted to do something, you were filled with doubt and you were worrying, especially about what happens if I fail. And I've thought about that. You know what scares us most about failure? What will the neighbors think? What would my wife say to me if I came home and told her I stood up to the boss today and got fired? Would I get patted on the back for courage? What if my children came home and said they dropped out of school because it was too boring? Would I praise them for being sensitive to their own needs? What will the neighbors think if we try something new and it goes... Where do we find in our community a place to try things and say, it didn't work, I'm sorry, am I still good with you? Where do we find that grace of being together? The other thing I notice about people taking chances is they want to guarantee the outcome. I see this in congregations all the time. I'll bet some of you are worried right now. You have a strategic plan, and it's going to call for you to go do some things, and you don't know how it's going to turn out, and I'll bet you're just a little bit nervous about that. I listen to people in my pastoral ministry. They come to me with issues in their lives, and I said, well, what else have you tried? And he says, I've tried what I already know how to do. And I said, well, how's that working for you? I said, have you considered doing this, this? Oh, no, I, I wouldn't know how it would turn out. Of course you wouldn't know how it was going to turn out. That's the whole point. But we're so afraid of losing control. We think we really are the masters of the universe when, you know, sometimes we win by perseverance, sometimes by luck, and sometimes by talent, but it's always a mixture of all of that and maybe divine grace. But the other thing I find that holds people back from trying new things is what will you do if you succeed? 
what will you do if you succeed? If you are a success, you know, I, thinking about my sermon this morning, I realized that most of the people that I know who have succeeded in life, what I know about them is their success. I don't know the years of trial and effort that they put in it to get to this point. Did you know Pablo Casals, when he was 95 years old, still practiced six hours a day on the cello? And he was asked, well, why do you do that? And he says, I think I'm beginning to make some progress. <laughs> Success is not a result. It's a process of ongoing courage and innovation to try things. Now, among Unitarian Universalists, we take a little pride about somehow being at the head of the curve when it comes to religious life. I want you to know we're not. Sometimes we are so incredibly hidebound, I want to shake my fist. I want to shake some people occasionally. We haven't begun to get out of our 1950s era of congregational life where there's a committee that meets the third Thursday of every month or that worship must always be held at 11 o'clock. Heaven forbid we should move it to 10.30 like you folks have. Heaven forbid that we should have a video screen and the sermon is accompanied by video clips or slides. I was preaching to one congregation and I made some reference about using video in, in the service and one of those dear, dear heart members of that church admittedly somewhat on in years, said to me, Ken, that's what the fundamentalist Christians do. If they're going to start doing that here, I'm not coming anymore. And I, oops, sorry. <laughs> Expera fail. Um, you know, and I wanted to say to her, and I did, you know, I treasure what church means for you. I really do, and I understand what I'm saying is an alien idea. But just because the fundamentalists use a TV screen and a big projection doesn't mean we can't. Where is our courage to try things? We are so behind the eight ball in much of the time. We spend so much energy arguing about right belief among Unitarian Universalists. Almost invariably when I ask a Unitarian Universalist, tell me what you believe, that colleague, that friend will say to me, well, I don't. Almost invariably. And I'll get a long litany of the, th the beliefs that have been rejected. And I thought, all right, well, the Hindus taught, teach that. If you just keep rejecting, God is this, God is this, no, God's none of those, God's none of those, and you do that about a thousand times, and you're exhausted, then you're getting close to what maybe the holy's about. Remember the Jews said, you shall have no images of the Lord thy God? There's a reason for that. But we Unitarian Universalists, because we have been in constantly reforming the errors of received tradition, we forget that we can't stop today. I discover over and over again with Unitarian Universalists do what I call Unitarian 101. Here are the three cardinal points. Here are the things you reject. Here are the, and you know, we never go deeper. We never help the folks who say, I don't believe in Santa Claus in the sky. Neither do I. I'm an atheist. I don't believe in Zeus or Demeter. So what do you mean when you say divine and holy? What are we here for in addition to rejecting false belief? And I've said, let's give up this argument over how many parts God is cut up into. You know, Unitarianism is a silly form of numerology. The doctrine of the Trinity never meant three gods, but that's how we've interpreted it. But rather, let's go to the universalist side. Do you remember what the core teaching of universalism is? Can anyone tell me what it is? Universal salvation. Well, what's that mean? 
Say it louder, please. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Ah, we are obligated to one another. I like that. Universalism said that whatever the holy is, it's about our ability to love one another, and if we want to know where God is, it's in how we relate to each other. Do we lift each other up or do we put each other down? It's that simple. The Calvinists of the world, the fundamentalists of the world want to divide the world into the damned and the saved, and our teaching is everybody is worth saving. We never give up on one another. That's universalism, and that's what Experifail is all about. And that's what Emerson was trying to get at when he says, you, you mess up. doesn't mean we're going to give up on you. doesn't mean we're going to give up. So here's what I'm putting a challenge to our congregations these days to get out of our stuck places. Tell them this, tell you, I'll tell you the story. One of the mechanical engineers at Lockheed Martin was known for being a troublemaker and a rabble-rouser, and he had more patents than anyone else in the company. And whenever there was a major project, he was assigned to be the project leader. And he would call his people together, and he would say to them, We've been given this challenge, this project is going to take five years to complete. We know there's going to be a steep learning curve. So I want you to go out there and I want you to make your mistakes as fast as possible. Let's get the wrong ways out of the way. And he said, the only thing that will get you fired is if you don't tell me about, you don't tell me you've made any efforts to try things and you don't tell me your mistakes and what you learn from them. Some months later, one of his project engineers came and said, do you really mean that? Of course I do. Well, I just did this experiment, and after three months, it's a total failure, and I burned up $200,000 of the company's monies in the process. He looked at him and said, so what'd you learn? We're not going to spend that $200,000 again, are we? That's what I'm after in our congregational life, in our spiritual life, to realize that the sun shines today also. There's more learning to be done. Revelation is continuous. All right. You're saying, Ken, that makes a lot of sense to me. We ought to try things, but how courageous are you? Did you know that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb, and after 9,000 failures, a reporter asked him, do you think yourself a failure? And he said, oh, no, I now know, know 9,000 ways not to build a light bulb. And, and after his 10,000th and something try, he succeeded. Did you know that Winston Churchill was 62 years old? He had lost every public election he had stood for until he became the Prime Minister of England. There's hope for me yet. Did you know that Michael Jordan was kicked off his college basketball team? Did you know that I was at Disney World recently, and I was thinking about Walt Disney, who went bankrupt several times until he invented Disneyland, and he had to persuade the city fathers of Anaheim that it wouldn't attract the riffraff. Charles Schultz had all his drawings for his high school yearbook rejected. Even Disney wouldn't hire him. Not imaginative enough. Gertrude Stein submitted poems to editors for 20 years. 
before one was published. We know people in their success, not in their struggle and their failures. If you're going to try things, you're going to get lost. And where do we find in our faith community the sustenance, the nurture, to step out into the unknown and wander around? Well, and I talked to my colleagues about our work today, and we're trying to figure out how to do it differently, trying to even re-envision what the work is. None of us knows. We are kind of like that rabbi. And yet we know we have each other, and we know some ways not to go. So there is hope for us yet. Now, Daniel Boone was asked if he'd ever been lost. He said, well... One, there was a time I wandered around bewildered for three days. I suspect in this confusing, increasingly complex society in which we live, it's going to be more than three days that we feel lost and bewildered. And so we need a place like this to come home to, to be given the assurance that it's okay. Indeed, it is important for you to try things you've never done before and not worry about whether we're going to like your outcomes. We're just going to praise you because he gave it a go. And when you win, we're going to give you a gold star. And when you lose, we're going to give you a gold star. An A for effort is not to be neglected. Not to be neglected. You have a strategic plan in place. Is it in place or is it still being worked? Still being worked. And I can guarantee you a couple things. You don't know how it's going to turn out. You've been struggling as a congregation for the last four or five years that I know of to move into some new vibrant directions. And you finally have pulled together, tried enough wrong things to find your path on the right way to go now. I'm thrilled for you. But I do want you to know, change is scary. We tend to want to keep things the way they are. I had one parishioner say to me, I'm glad to have the church grow as long as those people who come in don't change anything. (laughs) What do you say to that? Ours is a faith community of possibility. There is new days dawning and new opportunities for you. So I want you to hear my pat on the back before you have your first misstep. It's okay. You'll learn from it. That's the only important question. What did you learn? And will you have the courage to get up and try it again? Don't be timid and squeamish about your actions, says Emerson. I say it too. Be bold. Be brave. Try to go in a direction you've never gone before, even if you feel totally bewildered and lost. But trust that when you get to the end of all that you know, There will be something solid to stand on, or miracle of miracles, you will learn to fly. So good people, bless you on your journey of faith, individually and as a community. Bless you on your commitment to the unfolding possibilities of Unitarian Universalism as we move into a whole new phase of our larger ministry. I am so glad you are here. I am so glad we are working together, because the world needs us today more than ever, to be the one voice that says we do not give up on people. We do not write people off. Ours is the church of love and forgiveness. May we be worthy.